Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to stories of discipleship and putting Scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of just fewer than 1,000 churches throughout Kansas and Nebraska. I'm also a certified lay minister in the United Methodist Church, so what you hear on this show truly comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 25 years' experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teenagers to 90-somethings, and I served as a journalist for 20 years prior to entering ministry. So I'm excited to share with you stories of disciples in action and to explore with you what the Bible has to teach us in the 21st century. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes feature interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. Still others include short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. One of the biggest disruptions in the life of the church in the past few decades has clearly been the COVID-19 pandemic. I suppose you could make an argument that it's still causing disruption. The Congregational Excellence team of the Great Plains Conference wants to help clergy and laity process what's happened, come to grips with our current reality, and, and I think this is the most important thing, realize the hope that we have for the future. So in late April and early May, Author Reverend Rebecca Simon-Peter will be making a book tour with workshops in five Great Plains cities, North Platte and Columbus in Nebraska, and Ottawa, McPherson, and Hayes in Kansas. The event title is Lessons from Pandemics Past. Rebecca, whom some of you will likely remember from our episode previewing the Lady Summit in March, will be sharing some of the insights she learned from her work and from the research from her newest book, Forging a New Path, Moving the Church Forward in a Post-Pandemic World. I had a brief conversation with her about her new book, about the book tour, and what she hopes you will all learn from the time together. And then I talked with Reverend Jeff Klinger, our Director of Congregational Excellence, to help us sort through what the hope is that churches take away from these presentations. Let's start today's episode with my brief conversation with Reverend Rebecca Simon-Peter. Rebecca, welcome back to In Layman's Terms. Thank you, Todd. Good to be here. You provided the keynote for our Lady Summit in March, and now you're getting ready to head out on a tour of at least part of the Great Plains Conference with a five-city tour that starts April 29th out in North Platte, Nebraska, and concludes on May 4th in Hayes, Kansas. Uh, The title for the workshops is Lessons from Pandemics Past, and the impetus is a new book titled Forging a New Path, Moving the Church Forward in a Post-Pandemic World. So let's start off by talking about the book, uh, and then we'll get into what people are going to experience on that tour. What led you to to write the book, and then what were the concepts that were swirling around in your head as you put put? Uh, I was going to say pen to paper, but we don't do that anymore. It's it's typing on the keyboard. Yeah. Well, first off, I watched um, so avidly at how churches were pivoting in the pandemic, and I thought, oh my goodness, it's like a miracle what's happening before us in that churches so quickly went online. And I was pretty amazed at what I saw. I was very hopeful and very encouraged by what I saw. But then I began to realize that people were feeling pretty burnt out as well. And as I worked with the church leaders, clergy and laity in our group coaching program, creating a culture of renewal, I had a front row seat to what churches were dealing with. 
and the kinds of questions that they were asking. So one thing I saw is that people that were part of a cohort that were, you know, journeying together did so much better than folks that were just sort of out there on their own. They were lonely. They, they didn't quite know what to do. Uh, but people who had a sense of community did better. And so I began to ask the people in my program, you know, what are you dealing with? And three questions rose to the surface. And the first question was, when do things go back to normal? The second question was, how do we get people to church or back to church? And the third question was, how do we do more with less? And I thought, oh my gosh, these are really good questions. These are really good questions. And I wondered, you know, personally, like what the answer was. It's not like I knew. And so I began to delve into pandemics past to discover how did churches in the past deal with this? We're not the first this is not the first time the world has gone through a pandemic. It's not the first time the church has had to endure a pandemic. What have churches done? So I became somewhat of a, of a mini expert on the bubonic plague, which, you know, you, I never expected in my life to think I'm going to know all about, you know, the Black Death or the bubonic plague. But man, was it fascinating to discover. And that's why um, the work that I'll be doing on these book tour stops is going to be lessons from pandemics past, because I think the laity and clergy in the various places I'll be visiting are going to be fascinated by what the churches have dealt with back in the Middle Ages. And it's, you know, that pandemic, that plague took place over the course of 300 years. So first off, can you imagine wearing a mask? for 300 years. It was hard enough, like for three months or two years or whatever we did. Um, but because it took place over three centuries, it's almost like we could watch in slow motion what's happening. Because this pandemic that we just went through, you know, I mean, is it over exactly? No, it's more endemic now, but let's say three years. So three years, three centuries. Well, things are going much, much quicker now in general. I mean, life has just sped up and the rate of change has sped up. So I think it's so interesting to look at that three century stretch and watch in slow motion the changes they went through and then correlate that with the changes that we're going through in this three-year period and beyond. So that's what I'm going to be talking about. What were some of the similarities between those two events uh, that, that you noted? Number one, they wore masks too. But the kind of masks they wore, I don't know if you've seen a picture of those, like these long bird beaks. <laughs> they, they, look, they look hilarious, but they, they obviously do. served a purpose in that day. And one of the purposes they served, you remember the um, nursery rhyme, ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Well, it's thought that that, that nursery rhyme actually harkens back to that day. It can't be exactly proven, but that it harkens back to that day. So posies, those posies, um, were flowers and they took these very strong smelling posies and they put them in the long beaks because they thought that those smells would filter out like whatever the bad stuff it was probably a strong smell of death, a stench of death. And so they thought that if they could breathe through the posies, you know, they might be saved. Now, that's just a kind of an aside, but they wore masks. We wore masks. So that's interesting. That's the same. But what's really the same is that they asked those same three questions. God. They asked, when do things go back to normal? How do we get people to church or back to church? And how do we do more with less? They had a lot less. I mean, the death toll was astonishing in those, in those cities and in those countries. 50% of the clergy died. I mean, just imagine not only are the doors of the church locked, but like there's nobody around to give communion, hear confession. It was a Catholic church back in the day, hear confession do any of those um, very important roles and duties that help people feel connected and 
reconcile to God. So they definitely had those questions and that's what we're going to be talking about, Todd. So I encourage everybody who's listening to get yourself to a place where you can come hear lessons from pandemics past because you're going to be blown away and encouraged by what we've learned from the past. Have you thought, I'm sure you have thought through, but can you tell us a little bit about what the format for your presentation is going to be like so people kind of get a feel for what they're going to be doing when they come to see you? Yeah, um, we're going to talk about um, some of the, the similarities. We're going to talk about those three questions. Um, I'm going to have some great slides that show what things look like back then. And uh, they're not photographs, but they're renditions. And um, then we're going to talk about those three questions and how we relate to them today. So people are going to have a chance to actually explore a little bit those questions, and they're going to come away with some answers. So we'll look at the questions in turn. Um, when do things go back to normal? Then we'll look at how do we get people to church or back to church? And then how do we do more with less? And I have a little hint about how to do more with less. It turns out you probably have more than you think you do. I did a whole workshop with a great group of folks in Oklahoma, and I had to make a list of everything they now have less of. As a church, what do they have less of? It was a long list. It was like 18 things on the list, and it was a substantial list. Then I asked them to make a list of everything they have more of as a result of the pandemic. Guess what? That list was longer than the first list. There was like 31 things on that list that they have more of, and that surprised them. And that kind of gave them a little boot, you know, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, we have more of these things. And so we're going to look at, you know, how um, in the, in the uh, days of the plague, they had, a, they had a lot less of very significant things, but then they had more of some things. And out of that tremendous innovation arose. And so we're going to look at the kind of innovations that the church can have now. We tend to fall into the pitfall of this idea of scarcity uh, when it comes to ministry in particular. And yeah. I mean, one of the things, I mean, think about the comparison between the two eras. I mean, we have Bibles, uh, yes, you know, they right. did they, not every home had a Bible because the printing press wasn't around yet. Right. When that was going on. Uh, and then we had zoom, <laughs> uh, which is something that was a tool that was new to a lot of people, but it, it, it helped at least in the great plains conference, I can tell you it helped us get through specifically the small, small congregations that really didn't have a way of keeping the sense of community that's so critical in those small congregations like that. So I'm, I'm intrigued with the idea of, okay, what are, what are we going to learn of that we have more of? I think that, I think that's a fascinating way to look at it. Yeah. Well, you know, and books were the new technology that came out of the plague. Zoom is our technology, but books were their technology. They didn't even have the telephone, let alone, I mean, they just, they didn't have that stuff. You're right. We have so much. And I want to say this, scarcity is not biblical. It's not. It's not biblical. It's not a biblical concept. Abundance is a biblical concept. So we tend to look at what we've lost, but we don't turn the other way and think, oh, but what did we gain? So that's my purpose. I'm going to be a provocateur and I'm going to help people just look at the other side and discover things that they had not been thinking about. If you're going to uh, boil it down to a couple of things that you think people really need to focus on as they come to these, so in other words, they're all in, they're going to be there. Yeah. Uh, what kind of mindset do you hope people come to you with? Uh, what might be a couple of things you hope that they're they're questioning or, or thinking of as they show up to one of these events? That's such a great question, Todd. It's not one I've been asked before, but you know what comes to mind as you ask that question is I want people 
to come not just with an open mind or an open heart, but I want them to begin to notice the abundance around them. What has been growing? You know, when there's a wildfire, we have a lot of those out West. You guys have floods and tornadoes and stuff. You know how when there's destruction and then there's new things that can grow because there was destruction. There are some trees out West that cannot grow this. The cones will not open unless there's been a forest fire. There can't be new trees unless there was a forest fire. And then there are things that will grow because there was a fire. There are things that will come about because there were floods and tornadoes. And there are now things that have come about because of the pandemic. I want you to come already thinking about what those are, already thinking about what's innovating, what's new, what do we have that we couldn't have had without the pandemic? That's what I like people to come with. Plus, you know, like a pen or a pencil, take notes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a given. Make, make, sure, make sure you're there to take some notes. As, as people leave from uh, your workshops that you're going to be doing, what do you hope they take back from, uh, from that mm-hmm. to, to spread? The previous episode you were on, we talked about, uh, about dreams and vision. Let's tie those two things together. What do you hope people take back from, you know, from a visioning standpoint, talking about where we've been with the pandemic and what the future may hold, and, and then tie that together with what that means for what the, because clearly the church's vision probably needs to change just a little bit. Uh, for for a lot of churches because of some of the obstacles that at least they perceive have been put in their path. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think that I want people to understand that the seeds of renewal are in the church as it already is. The seeds of renewal are already there. And there's such power in community. So what I write about in the book is that we simply need to deepen what we already have go from worship in deeper, into deeper spirituality, go from gathering as a congregation into really functioning as a community and understanding that we don't just have less, we have more. So what I hope people really get is the seeds of renewal are already here. You're here, all we have to do is open our eyes to see them. Um, we're blessed, there's an abundance with us and that there is enough to dream with. There is enough to move into the future with. Um, the pandemic didn't take everything. It took some things and it left some gifts. Rebecca, thank you so much again for joining us. Again, the book title is Forging a New Path, Moving the Church Forward in a Post-Pandemic World. Where can people find it? Um, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Cokesbury. You can get it at Market Square Books. That's my publisher. He'll be happy I mentioned him. Uh, you could even email us, uh, or go to our website, RebeccaSimonPeter.com, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, SimonPeter.com. And uh, you can request, uh, I, I don't know if you can order a book directly from the website, but you can email us and and uh, we'll be happy to. So you have lots of options. Yeah. There. Uh, again, the, the workshops uh, titles Lessons from Pandemics Past. I'm very intrigued by this. Uh, we do plan to live stream one of the events, the one from McPherson, Kansas on May 3rd. Uh, you do have to register to, to be able to take part in that. So uh, you can go to the conference website at greatplainsumc.org uh, and you can register for uh, for that event. Uh, but lots of places, a lot of times we, we're in larger towns. Uh, what I really like about this tour is uh, Rebecca's getting a, uh, it's going to feel a lot like Wyoming. We're, we're, we're going to yes. be in a lot of our kind of medium and, and smaller towns uh, uh, going forward. So we're in North Platte and then in Columbus in Nebraska. And then in Kansas, we're in Ottawa, McPherson and Hayes. So uh, everyone, you have a chance to pick out the places closest to you. Those are very well spread out geographically. 
and, and don't let the state line get in the way. If, if it's closer for you to get to North Platte and you're in Kansas, then go to that one. It's perfectly fine. Uh, we look forward to hearing everything you have to tell us about the pandemic's past and the lessons that we can learn that bring us a lot of hope for the church for the future. So, Rebecca, thanks again for joining us on In Layman's Terms. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be with you. And I'm cleaning out my car. I'm pumping up my tires. I'm filling it up with gas and I'm getting ready to come out to the Great Plains. I'm kind of a history nerd, so I'm really interested to hear what Rebecca has to tell us about the past pandemics and the one that we just went through and how those are similar and how they're different. I think it's going to be a very enlightening discussion. Next up, let's talk with Reverend Jeff Klinger, the Director of Congregational Excellence for the Great Plains Conference, and have him explain to us what he hopes you take away from these events as we learn about what happened in pandemics past and what they can teach us for today. Matthew 28 tells us to make disciples of Jesus Christ, but how can you do that? You can help by providing some inspiration each morning to someone else. Just go to www.greatplainsumc.org slash daily devotions. Once there, you'll find a QR code and a link to a sign-up page. Pick your day and your topic. If you need some assistance, there's even a link to the Vanderbilt University Daily Lectionary. Follow the instructions for submitting your devotion and you've done your part to help inspire and encourage others in their Christian walk. Again, that's www.greatplainsumc.org slash daily devotions. Help make more disciples today. Welcome back to In Layman's Terms. In this episode, we're talking about an upcoming book tour in the Great Plains Conference featuring Reverend Rebecca Simon-Peter. She's the author of the book titled Forging a New Path, Moving the Church Forward in a Post-Pandemic World. The book tour will take her to North Platte and Columbus in Nebraska, and then to Ottawa, McPherson, and Hayes in Kansas, starting April 29th and concluding May 4th. I'm joined now by Reverend Jeff Klinger, the Great Plains Conference Director of Congregational Excellence. Jeff, welcome to In Layman's Terms. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it. Uh, we just heard Rebecca talking about how she's going to share some interesting facts about the way the church, and I mean the universal church, has adopt, adapted and learned from previous pandemics, and she'll be sharing how the church of today can benefit from those lessons. Uh, can you share how the idea for this book tour came about and what mindset you hope participants bring with them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this last fall, I was uh, able to travel through the conference with Bishop Signs, and it was really clear to me that being in person for people uh, was something, again, that we were mostly comfortable with and that there was great value in. People were really drawing energy around being in the same space with each other. And so we were talking about what we might do with Rebecca. She's helped with our planter incubator process in the past and been a voice that's helped speak into things in the conference. And so as Holly Tapley from our team and Rebecca and myself were visiting, this book tour idea emerged, and I thought it seemed like a great opportunity to get out. Um, people don't have to travel to Omaha or Wichita or to Topeka uh, to engage with these. Um, we thought about the five regions uh, that some of our team, especially Melissa Gepford with uh, kids and youth stuff, have been using over the last few years. And so we sought to put one in each of the five regions. 
um, sought to look for communities that were more kind of off the beaten track, um, not the big cities that people often think about for the conference. We really hope that pastors and lay people both will come and will be present for these. Um, and my hope would be that there's a sense of curiosity and openness. Um, I know in the past I've engaged things uh, with that sense of like closed uh, critical judgment. And shockingly, I don't get anything helpful out of those, you know. Um, so a desire for people to enter into the space and to just be curious about what Rebecca's research might uh, show, what inspiration she might have to offer. Uh, and I really think that the content for the book that she's basing this on, uh, especially the way it speaks about spiritual formation for individuals and for churches as an important part of the way forward, um, it's something that I'm hopeful people will be curious about as they head back to their churches then. You touched on a couple of things there. The first one is, uh, so I just the book just arrived at my house yesterday. So I haven't, I haven't read it yet, but I read the synopsis, and we obviously we talked with her about it. But going forward, um, that's kind of a, 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 it shouldn't be a unique idea for us, but we've been kind of stuck here for a few years, haven't we, between the pandemic and political things and stuff going on in the denomination. We've just kind of been in a stalemate with ourselves how important do you think it is for people to finally get past that and start moving forward again? I mean, I think it's it, it's crucial. Um, the The long vision is the Church of 2050 conversation that Bishop Sines invited us into about a year ago now. Um, but somebody asked me recently, like, is that going to be a thing? Are we going to be talking about that? Like, you know, what are we doing with this Church of 2050? And as I thought about it, I realized, like, it it is the thing like whether mm -hmm. whether we do anything about it or or are intentional about it or not like we we are moving toward 2050 it, it will be here um and so in order to get ready for it we can't just continue to hunker down and we can't just hope that the 1950s or 60s might come back <laughs> um, but to really figure out how to move forward and to do that with a sense of openness and joy and adventure and curiosity um, not the like dragging our feet and grumbling and wishing that things were different. <laughs> right. Know? The other thing you mentioned was this, the towns that these are in or the cities that these are all in. We're not going to Omaha. We're not going to Wichita. We're not going to Kansas City. We're not even going to Topeka. We're, we're going to uh, still good-sized towns for, this, for, for our two states, if we're just honest. They're, they're, you know, it's not like these are tiny little hamlets. But they aren't the usual places where we go. What was the thought process behind that? And 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 uh, tell us a little bit about how you're excited about those particular five sites. Yeah. So as I started thinking about this, um, you know, it was late fall, and so I'm bouncing ideas off of the cabinet. I'm hoping that they can provide some insight into their parts of the conference. You know, where might people go? Um, what churches have the good physical space that we could use, um, appropriate bandwidth if we would choose to stream from those locations, um, but really did want to be in those places that are um, not often thought of. Um, our Congregational Excellence team some years ago adopted kind of the team laity mantra, um, and so with the Clergy Excellence Department doing such good resourcing for clergy, um, they're trying to figure out really how do we serve churches and invite churches into greater levels of connection um, and so when we were talking like to Mickey, um, DS and Parsons and Five Rivers, she was like, my folks aren't coming up to Kansas City. And so we realized like, if you're going to be in this Southeast region, where can you hold something 
that would draw the greatest number of people. And we went with Ottawa as the hope. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, this could be a colossal failure and nobody from the big cities will come to the smaller locations and nobody from the smaller locations will show up. But I figure you fail forward and learn as you go. It's an opportunity to see what, what the threshold is for folks, right? Yeah. In, in this, in fairness, Ottawa is right on I-35. Uh -huh. <laughs> now, now, a few years ago, that was not the case. Um, I moved away for about 20 years, and when we moved back, all of a sudden, Ottawa is right in the main thoroughfare. It's not off in the sticks yeah. anymore. Yeah. So it's not. None of these are hard to get to. Um, they would all just require a little bit of planning and intentionality and calendaring. And I will say, I've been to all five of the churches where these are located, and the facilities that we're doing these in are probably among the most comfortable for people who are going to attend. Uh, and so that definitely was taken into account. We are going to live stream one session, uh, Wednesday, May 3rd, uh, at McPherson First United Methodist Church. It's an afternoon event. Uh, we're going to live stream that on the conference website. Uh, why do that? Uh, because as much as I think there's value in gathering people together in person for these kinds of learning and connection and community events, um, there's no perfect time of day and day of week that works for everybody. Um, and live streaming gives us a couple of opportunities. It gives us the chance to reach people as part of that Wednesday afternoon that couldn't be there otherwise. But it also gives us the chance to have it archived and for mm -hmm. anybody to access it in the weeks that follow that. So wanted to provide that digital offering, mm -hmm. um, even in the midst of saying, like, these are designed to be in person and they'll be best in person. Right. Uh, so finally, uh, we obviously hope a lot of people do show up to hear what Rebecca has to teach. Uh, what do you hope people come away with after spending some time with her learning and reflecting on these pandemics of the past? I mean, we talked a minute ago about the moving forward. And so I hope there's encouragement or inspiration to move forward. I hope there's permission um, related to the idea that like we don't have to have the perfect plan in place before we move forward. I think that's something that has paralyzed the church often. Um, kind of as big uh, professional institutions in our communities through the latter half of the last century, we were used to doing things really well and, and people wanted to come to church. And so as long as we were better than the Presbyterians, people would come to our church, right? Um, and there is no uh, magic formula anymore. So I hope there will be permission not to have it perfect, uh, encouragement to experiment, to be creative, to be playful. Uh, and I alluded earlier to these ideas that um, spiritual practices really undergird all of what we're doing uh, moving forward. And so I know Rebecca's talked about how we will have a chance to practice uh, a little bit of that in these gatherings. And I'm hopeful um, that it will be helpful for people back in the places that they attend worship and then all the places they live and work and play, um, that they might be growing as followers of Jesus, shaping and forming that church for 2050. So again, this is a book tour with uh, Reverend Rebecca Simon-Peter. It's going to be uh, late April, early May. Uh, you can register now on the Great Plains Conference website. We, we do encourage you to register so we know how many people are coming to each of these locations. Uh, we look forward to seeing you there. So, uh, Reverend Jeff Klinger, Director of Congregational Excellence with the Great Plains Conference, thanks for joining us today on In Layman's Terms. Absolutely. Thank you, Todd. Thank you to Reverend Jeff Klinger and especially to Reverend Rebecca Simon-Peter. You can register for these events by going to the Great Plains Conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org. You can click the link there, or you can look in the show notes for this episode for a link to register. You can also buy Rebecca's latest book by going to Amazon.com 
or to cokesbury.com. In Layman's Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifert. If you like what you've heard in this episode, please go rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps others find us. And if you're so inclined, please share the link to this podcast on your social media channels. Our music and sound effects come via subscriptions to Universal Production Music and to Storyblocks. You can find archived episodes on the conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org podcasts or on my website, toddseifert.com. Please email me with any questions or comments to tseifert at greatplainsumc.org and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thank you for listening. And until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.